Hi everyone, Don here. Welcome to Friday Night Stripes. Today's going to be another short episode. We're going to go over uh, just formation things. Um, I put out on Twitter just asking uh, various listeners to pipe up with uh, suggestions of things to cover. And uh, Tyler Spear, who we've had on the broadcast, uh, mentioned formations would be a great thing to have on there. So we will do formations and, and just general line of scrimmage setting up um, ideas because at, at the end of the day, it's one of the things we do the most. Um, it's, it's one of the easier things, one of the, one of the more basic things we do, um, but it's also one of the things we do the most. So it's good to go over some of these things, make sure we're, we're clear on all of it. Um, the, the new change with the 42nd clock is going to cause it we've already heard that it's causing more teams to go to hurry up offenses that's what we've heard in our association our coaches are saying yeah we're just going to go no huddle um and that's important for this reason uh we have to remember that between snaps all players must at least temporarily be between the numbers um even if it's if it's not a substitute um, all players have to be between the numbers at some point between snaps. So a wide receiver that takes a streak down the sideline, if he comes down along the sideline, never comes inside the numbers, that's, uh, that's going to be um, a foul. But it's going to be up to you how to handle that. It, it, if, if I were the, the wing on that side, the first time it happened, I'd probably just talk to him and say, hey, you've got to at least get in the numbers uh, between plays. Uh, if I'm on the, his sideline where the coaches are, I'll mention the coaches as well to get their help. But that was something uh, that, that that's something that we're gonna have to look out a little bit more for as we get more hurry up offenses out of this 40-second clock. Um, so in general, the a couple of the readings I've been doing, um, I've been going through the Reading study guide um, in the off season, trying to to get ready for for the season. Um, took some notes while I was going through the f very first section on line of scrimmage things. And, and I want to just go through some of those notes that uh, I went through. So one, one of the changes we talked about on the, uh, on the new rule change episode was the fact that um, we're no longer counting linemen or, or players. I'm sorry, players on the line of scrimmage. We're now counting backs. But we still must count the number of linemen, the number of people with uh, jerseys numbered 50 to 79. I think for the most part, that's going to be up to the umpire to do. Um, the wings aren't going to really be able to do that so much. But the, the umpire is going to be responsible for making sure there are five players numbered 50 to 79. And that... If there are only five players, they are all on the line of scrimmage. Um, speaking of odd formations, we've got one school here locally. Um, actually, the coaches moved on this year, so they probably won't be doing it this year. Um, but we had one, one team that would line up their pulling guard a good step back from the line of scrimmage. So he was in the guard slot, but he'd be a good step back, so he was ready to pull. Um, they made the formation legal in other ways. Sometimes they didn't. Sometimes that pulling guard was supposed to have his head breaking the center's waist and it didn't happen. So 
we'd have to flag that. But um, if that if that pulling guard if they if they set up that way, and there are only five players with fifty to seventy nine, and he was one of the five, and he was set up in the backfield, we then have an illegal formation um, because we don't have five linemen uh, numbered fifty to seventy nine. Um, one of the other things I, I, I read as I was going through was the exemption on jersey numbers for scrimmage kick formations. So um, during a scrimmage kick, this, during any scrimmage kick, the snapper does not have to have uh, a jersey number between 50 to 79. Um, however... One thing I was not aware of is I thought that that exemption applied to all linemen, all scrimmage kick formations. Um, in doing the reading, I found out that it actually only applies to fourth down scrimmage kicks where any lineman can be outside of that 50 to 79 range. So to state it another way, the rule is that you have to have five linemen numbered 50 to 79. During a scrimmage kick on fourth down, however, Team A is allowed to have any number of linemen whose uniform numbers lie outside of that range. Um, but it's only on fourth down. So if they rush their field goal unit on at the end of a half, um, and it's second down or third down or first down, whatever, but they're doing it because of time as opposed to because of down, that's going to apply. Whether you call it or not is, is going to be your choice. It is a, it, it's a, it's a violation. It's a foul. So it probably should be called. Um, coach is not going to be happy with it, but that it, the rule is the rule. Um, so, so that's what we've got there. The other thing on that when you have that situation, when you have five linemen on fourth down scrimmage kick formation that are not numbered 50 through 79, they are ineligible at the ready. So when, when, the, when they, I'm sorry, not at the ready, when, when they assume their position as linemen, they are ineligible. If such a player assumes a, a position as an interior lineman, he cannot then shift and become eligible. So let's say we've got um, tight end number 80, and during scrimmage kicks, he lines up as the tackle um, normally. If he lines up that way, he cannot then shift out wide and somebody else come up to the line and make him eligible. Once he lines up in that position on a scrimmage kick on fourth down, using that ex exemption, he is ineligible for the rest of the play. Um, that's something I was not aware of either. So it's good to read. It's always good to just be reading through these things every year. You're gonna, For the most part, you're going to find new things to, to um, deal with. I was when I was doing some reading on all these formations, uh, I went down the rabbit hole of reading on the A11 offense, um, which for those who, who aren't aware was a was an offense that a couple of high school coaches put together um, about ten years ago that 
was taking advantage of the scrimmage kick rules at the time, scrimmage kick formation rules at the time, which did not have these, this wording about um, when a line, when a, when a player lines up as a lineman with a number outside of 50 to 79, they're ineligible. That rule didn't exist 10 years ago. So what they did in the A11 offense was they lined up nine players on the line of scrimmage and then moved players on and off the line of scrimmage uh, from play to play to confuse the defense and and make it hard for the defense to match up and know what was going on. Um, So that's where some of these uh, rules have come from. And that's, that's, it's interesting to see the, the, the genesis of some of these rules. Um, so that I, th- I found that interesting while I was doing some research on these formations as well. Um, if anybody has any experience with having to actually officiate the A11 offense, let me know. I'd, I'd love to talk about it um, and, and hear how that how that worked. Um, make sure to find me on Twitter at Friday Night Stripes or uh, or on Facebook at Friday Night Stripes or, or just email me at uh, hello at FridayNightStripes.com. So that's, that's the fourth down scrimmage kick formation exemption. Um, we'll now dig in a little bit more into some of the other odd formations that, that you may see. Um, one that, that temporarily gave me pause during a spring game because I, I, all of a sudden I'm like, uh, this, is, this is odd and I got to think through it, was we had one formation where the line, I had a lineman split out wide. And so all of a sudden I had to count all my down linemen. I was the back judge on, on this particular game. Um, I was helping to count all the linemen. Um, what they had was they had one, the tackle split out wide um, in a diamond formation. So he was on the line of scrimmage at the front and there were three uh, wide receivers stacked behind him in a triangle formation to make a diamond out of the four of them. So all of a sudden I'm like, okay, how many backs do we have? Who's eligible? Who's on? Who's off? That sort of thing. Um, and, and that also brings to mind the Emory and Henry formation um, that, that Steve Spurrier brought out during the 90s and, and various teams have used since then. And that's where you've essentially got uh, your snapper and your two guards in the middle, your tackles split out wide um, with a... a end on either side of them and then a wide receiver behind them so uh, uh, it was it's a very odd formation if you haven't seen it take take a look at it um, I'll put a link in the show notes as well for the Emory and Henry formation um, but again at the end of the day it's it's just a matter of counting how many backs do you have nowadays it's it's how many backs do you have do you have five players with 50 through 79 so it's it's fairly straightforward for us to work all this out um, it's, it's one of those cases where as wing officials, um, one of the things I, I was told as a first year official, and it took till about the third year to understand the meaning of the words was, um, when you have players checking themselves on and off the line of scrimmage, I was told, make them legal. Uh, so to me in the first year, I took that as, well, I got to rearrange them to make sure they're in the proper space. And what I came to understand was the statement wasn't move the players. The statement was broaden your, your expectation of where the players should be. If you've got, 
if you've got a wide receiver who's saying he's on and he's obviously the receiver that's supposed to be the end, make him on the line of scrimmage. Don't make him move up six inches. If it's if it's feet or yards that he's off, then yeah, he has to move. He has to make himself more obvious. If it's uh, if it's just a little bit, um, then it, it matters less. Um, that, that leads to the blade of grass theory that that I uh, I came across in my second year as well, which was if you've got two receivers on your side and one of them's on and one of them's off but there's very little difference between them, you can apply the blade of grass theory to them, which is if as long as they're not dead even with each other and there's just a little difference, that's good enough uh, to go with. So um, that's that's some of how to deal with those linemen split out wide. Just make sure you've got the right number of backs um, and you've got the right numbering going on. Uh, another odd formation you see at times is the swinging gate. So this this happens much more often during a uh, a field goal or or a try. Um, and the important thing to remember on swinging gate, there's a couple of things. One, obviously, if a player puts his hand on the ground, he can't move. So I'm sure that's something that's coached into them is when they go to that swinging gate formation, don't put your hand on the ground. Just be up in a in a ready stance. Um, and then when they yell shift, then you can move over, put your hand on the ground if you want. The other thing is the snapper does not have to snap the ball between his legs. Um, he can he can snap it off to the side, uh, especially in that swinging gate formation where he's trying to you know wing it from where the the ball is probably between the hashes all the way out to the back who's behind that. Uh, that formation of players on the line of scrimmage. Uh, it does have to be one continuous motion. I'll leave it up to the the umpires and the and the referees out there to decide what that is. Um, if it's close enough, it's probably good. If it's an obvious hitch where he picks up the ball and slings it, well, that's going to be an illegal snap. Um, again, teams running this probably have snappers who can make that uh, snap wide in one continuous motion. So it's probably not a huge deal, but it's another thing to look out for when you've got a swinging gate formation. Usually when we've got a swinging gate um, and we're and I'm one of the wings and I'm the one who's supposed to be underneath the goalpost, if we see that swinging gate come out, I will stay in my position until the shift is made. And then I'll go ahead and... Uh, move under the goalposts and that's one of those times you have to hustle because you essentially have the time it takes for them to get to their position to get to your position um when we're dealing with all these formations one of the things to to the the, the last thing i wanted to talk about were, were the keys um so we're, we're talking about the keys for the back judge and the line judge and, and the head linesman um the keys are normally that the back judge takes the outermost receiver to the strong side or to the line judge side if it's a balance formation. Um, and then if it's, if it's trips or quads, the back judge has all the outside receivers. The wing official on that side has only the innermost receiver because he's got that receiver and then um, the 
tackle, and he, he's looking for multiple things. So the back judge has all the all the outermost receivers. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be a bit tricky if they're running trips or quads for the uh, for the back judge to pick up on all the keys. So um, I like to remind myself of that because in in moving positions between wing official and back judge. Um, Sometimes I forget where my keys are, so it's always good to, to remember that. Um, that's pretty much all I wanted to cover today were, were some of the odd formations we see and, and some of the formation um, requirements that, that, that are out there. Um, if anyone has any other uh, topics they want to bring up, again, uh, hello at FridayNightStripes.com or, or find, uh, find me on Friday Night Stripes on Twitter. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Friday Night Stripes. Show notes and links to all of the episodes can be found on our website at FridayNightStripes.com. Reviews on Google Podcasts or Apple iTunes are always appreciated as they will help us reach more officials. We are always looking to talk to officials everywhere, so if you want to be a guest, please email hello at FridayNightStripes.com. If you have comments, ideas, or want to correct a mistake we made, you can email us at hello at FridayNightStripes.com. You can also continue the conversation by joining the Facebook group, Friday Night Stripes, or following us on Twitter at Friday Night Stripes. Show music is Fight 'Em Down by Flash Fluority, licensed by PremiumBeat.com. We'll see you on the next episode.